Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, and this is episode number 186. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investing opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Very interesting day out there. Uh, today was the day of a Fed meeting and another interest rate hike of 75 basis points. Market seemed to have priced that in. And of course, the market um, waits mainly for the Powell presser to see uh, if there's any hawkish or dovish uh, language coming from the Fed chair, Jay Powell. Uh, the market generally seemed to a first move was to move up liked uh, what they were hearing. And then of course, towards the end of the day, sold off, closed near the lows of the day for the S&P. Uranium equities were roughly in line with that. Some of them a little bit less selling, some a little bit more. We'll look at the charts in just a moment. Going to uh, go over a little, a couple of elements of the fuel cycle and why that's so important in the mailbag section today. And before we do that, let's go right into the daily scoreboard here. Talk about the spot price, spot flows and ETF flows. Spot price is up today, up about 37 cents a pound. Uh, to mid-market 48.87, still very low volume trading happening in the spot market. Yesterday, spot did not purchase any new additional pounds. They did issue 11,600 units, raising 137K. Spot discount to NAV widened a bit, minus 2.37% yesterday. And with the spot trust trading down slightly today and the spot price up, probably now closer to a 4% discount to NAV, which after a couple of weeks of trading, pretty close to being in line with NAV, starting to widen a bit as markets go a little bit risk off. 16.8 million cash in their treasuries, relatively low. Not going to be buying any more uranium, in my opinion, until they can raise a substantially larger amount of money with new flows coming into the vehicle. Turning to the ETFs, URA reported a decline of 70,000 shares. Uh, URNM reported no changes. That decline for URA led to 1.1 million in mandated selling. Let's take a look at the charts. URA down 2.78% on the day. Decent volume, not massive volume, not nothing volume. Just kind of, we're still kind of trading in this mid-range here after breaking down from this rising wedge. There's a lot of rising wedge and bear flag breakdowns across the sector right now. So the move up on the Japanese news has mostly faded in most of the sector. We didn't see volume follow through, didn't see risk come back on to follow through. I think that largely has to do with the spot price trading down a bit. And with the broad markets going risk off again, definitely has influenced us in the short term here. That was definitely a potential outcome for uh, for the short term here before we actually see a substantive, some substantive move in the spot price going forward into Q4 of the year. URNM relative to the commodity, trading down a bit today with the commodity up and the sector going risk off. Will we get down and fill this gap? Probably. I'd love to see it stop there and make a higher low. That would be a very, very good sign for us. We continue to move down past that. We get back into that territory where we see valuations relative to the commodity getting close to where we were at back not only in July, but at the beginning of this bull market period. And further weakness, in my opinion, going forward, over the next weeks, potentially months, but probably weeks, that's an opportunity that shouldn't be missed, in my opinion, if you're not already long or wanting to add. Cameco finally trading down a bit today. Uh, Cameco is one of the only stocks in the space that was green yesterday. Traded down over 3% on the day. Volume not huge, just getting coupled with the broad markets here. 
URA relative to the S&P after breaking down from this bear flag, hanging in there for the most part, still trading well above that lower trend line. Will we underperform the S&P in the next few weeks? That is a possibility. We come back down. We didn't quite hit this resistance at this uh, uh, declining uh, resistance line, but we did move into this bear flag, broke down from that, still above a rising 200-day moving average, still above this lower trend line. We've got a big gap down here. Not sure if we're going to fill that and or come back down to this trend line. In my opinion, if we do, that's an opportunity not to be missed. Sprott Physical Uranium Trust trading down 1.64% on the day with the spot price up. Like I said, we're probably back closer to that 4% discount to NAV. Um, still, the chart is looking better than most in the space. And if you are wanting a safe play to be long the commodity without individual, individual mining risk, this is one to do it. Okay, so the title of this episode is We Live in the Fuel Cycle. And if you have been in this space for a very long time, then you know that as a quote from Mike Alkin. Mike Alkin is the uh, founder of the Satium Cove uranium-focused hedge fund. And uh, Mike and his partner, Tim, uh, Tim Chilleri, these guys are very sharp. They've been very, very generous over the years. Um, they kind of disappeared over the last couple of years because they've been focused on on the money they manage and the sector they manage without getting into uh, you know, Twitter fights and, uh, and putting out content on the podcast. However, we have a gem of... Uh, of an of interview coming up this week. Now, the Macro Vices podcast is one that I don't miss every week. This uh, comes out typically on Thursday every week. And um, Eric Townsend that runs that podcast does a fantastic job. They cover a lot of markets. Um, he tends to focus on oil and commodities. There's been very, very limited commentary on uranium. But what I have heard from them over the past number of months, as they've been tracking it, uh, since it's been one of the sectors that is outperformed the broad markets this year. Um, it's kind of on their radar, but uh, I don't think they have any real grasp of the fuel cycle. And Mike and his guest, actually, uh, Macro Voices, uh, Eric's guest on Macro Voices this week is going to be Mike Alkin from Station Cove and Adam Rodman from Segra. So these guys are friends. They've been uh, commiserating for a very long time. They're very, very focused on the uranium sector, and they know their stuff better than anyone in the space. And this is going to be a masterclass. Now, this podcast goes out to a very, very large institutional audience. I think this is going to be a brilliant interview. And I'm going to link in the description in the show notes below the, the link to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And I highly recommend that you listen to that, whether it's tomorrow night or sometime over the weekend. It's going to be an absolute must listen. And I think that the guys that run this podcast are going to get a masterclass in the fuel cycle and what the heck is really going on. Now, I bring this all up because... Um, you know, Mike Alkins quote, we live in the fuel cycle. So he, he was kind of famous for saying the spot price is BS. I don't pay attention to it. I don't pay attention to, you know, the, the ups and downs of the daily ticks of these stocks or of the price of uranium. I don't pay attention to the Twitter, uh, Twitter fighting and infighting that happens. Um, uh, you know, bearish, bullish, whatever. He basically tried to stay away from, from most of the noise around the sector. And I think he did a very good job on that. But to his point, Really, what you have to focus on to understand this trade is the fuel cycle. So there have been, um, let's see, there was an article from a, a journalist that seemingly really kind of understood nothing about the Iranian fuel cycle and the Iranian market, but did a little bit of research to come up with his thesis, which is basically, um, you know, uranium is not going anywhere because there's just way too much supply out there. 
Now, there was a follow-up interview recently, and I'm not going to mention the person's name because I don't want to really refute, in my opinion, what, what he stated. But again, this is another, not necessarily bearish because he's actually long um, a couple of stocks in the space. And um, he's he's bullish, actually, generally speaking, for the fundamentals. But um, again, same point, plenty of uranium out there. And I think something that's is really, really important and really, really basic aside from the fuel cycle, which I'll, I'll touch on a little bit more before um, closing out this podcast for the day. In a commodities market, a market that is uh, that has a supply glut, that has more supply than demand, let's say, you don't see an appreciative move in the price. That's just not how this works. And whenever you have more supply than demand, the price typically is falling. That is why we saw a drop in the price of uranium from 70, 80 bucks a pound, right around Fukushima, all the way down to $18 a pound in 2016. What has happened since 2016? During this supposedly oversupplied market, the price has rebounded. It jumped back up from the low of 18 into the mid 20s. It spent a couple of years there as a lot of above ground inventory was consumed. Why was that consumed? It was consumed because a couple of major players showed a lot of supply discipline. This is primarily Cameco with uh, putting MacArthur River on, on care and maintenance. That's 18 million pounds a year at the time. So a few years of that being offline. Also, they had to buy some pounds off of the spot market in order to fulfill their, some of their long-term contract obligations. They uh, they claim that that choice to bring MacArthur River into the care and maintenance had a more than 100 million pound swing. Uh, in terms of not only them not producing, but having to buy uranium from the market. You also had Kazatomprom reduce production. Okay, so they their production peaked out, if I recall correctly, 2016, 2017. They started to reduce production as well, come down to 20% below their subsoil use agreements. So you had primary production come offline. You also had the carry trade. You had traders going out into the spot market, buying some of this above ground mobile inventory, and uh, uh, booking contracts out into the midterm of the forward curve to uh, with utilities. So utilities could avoid signing those long-term contracts with some of the producers that were higher priced, and they could go to a trader and uh, and buy in you know in smaller volumes and for uh, midterm timeframes for delivery. That was the carry trade. The carry trade really did a lot to work through a lot of the supply. Then, of course, over the last 12 months, we've had the advent of Sput come on the scene by almost 40 million pounds of uranium in the last 12 and a half months. And that really cleared out basically what remained of above ground mobile inventory of U308. And they also added an element of transparency to the market in their daily reporting. Now, this is a really, really good sign, okay? Um, now we basically understand that it doesn't take a lot of purchasing or selling in the spot market to move the price significantly as we saw last week as I spoke about yesterday. When the commodity price moves up, that's a sign that there's insufficient supply for the demand, period. So we are in an uptrend in the price of U308. We are in an uptrend in the price of UF6. We are in an uptrend in the price of EUP. We are in an uptrend in the price of conversion and enrichment. Every single element of the fuel cycle is in an uptrend, a multi-year uptrend that has really taken off this year for conversion and enrichment and is yet to really take off in U308. But that what I've been saying over the past few months, that is what is coming. That is what we are betting on. Now, to come back to the fuel cycle, the fact that there's billions of pounds of uranium in the ground is absolutely irrelevant to where the price is going for the cost of uranium. The fact that there's north of a billion pounds, uh, probably a couple billion pounds realistically in Australia, there's a billion pounds in the US, there's billions of pounds in Canada, 
there's a lot of uranium. There's uranium in your backyard. You literally go pick up a shovel and dig, dig some dirt in your backyard. There's some uranium there. Okay. That doesn't mean that the price is not going to go to X price because there's uranium everywhere. It's a very, very abundant element in the earth's crust. So you have to understand what's going on in the fuel cycle. And this is something that we focused on in the webinar that we just did on Monday. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, I actually busted out the SWU calculator and that you can find on your Ranko's website. They're an enrichment company. And you can actually dial in the amount of SWU that West that, that the West has, which is about 25.7 million SWU. And you can play around with that tails assay number. So you know that the demand for uranium is based on essentially not only just the run rate of the reactors, um, you know, X amount of pounds per gigawatt of reactor, you know, somewhere 400, 420, 425 thousand pounds of uranium demand per gigawatt for a reactor, multiply that by the reactors around the globe. And then you take the West's demand and you apply this rising tails assay and you can come up with some pretty striking numbers. Why do we focus on that? Because you have to understand the actual uh, dynamics of the fuel cycle and what is coming for the commodity in order to have conviction in this trade. Otherwise you get shaken out by some BS headline that there's too much uranium out there and the, and the, and it's going nowhere. It's uh, it's if you either understand it or you don't. And if you don't understand it, you better understand it because you will get shaken out of this market. And either you do that work yourself or you have somebody who understands it, explain it to you. I've done what I think is a decent job of explaining that over the last three or four months on this podcast. We obviously go much deeper um, with our members and we will be going forward with our members in these daily updates with some more granular detail. And in the members webinars, of course, we go very deep into this stuff. You have to understand it. Otherwise, you're going to see a $3 dip in the spot price last week and you're going to go, uh-oh, this thesis is, is, is uh, problematic. The price is not going up. What the heck's going on? Otherwise, you're going to see some journals head, journalists headline from you know a publication uh, a couple of weeks ago saying, plenty of uranium out there. Sorry, guys. It's just uh, there's too much uranium. It's going to come from seawater. It's going to come from phosphate tails. It's going to come from low-grade uh, deposits all over the place. Uh, you have to you have to understand the dynamics of the fuel cycle to stay in. And that's why we focus on it. And that's why I'm kind of uh, um, holding an homage here for Mike and Tim from Station because um, I, I really like these guys and the guys from Segra, high quality, very, they've done a lot of work. They've done a lot of work and they deserve all of the success that they've had so far and they're killing it and they're going to do even better going forward. They know what's coming. They know what's coming. That is why, you know, Segra put out their, they're a Q2 letter a couple of months back and they actually made it public, which was very cool. And the title of that was Fix Bayonets. And that was that was art, um, you know, kind of opining to the past when when there was a lot of volatility in the markets that that's that's what they would say. And and it was time to to get aggressive when things were getting volatile. And this, of course, was in the summer, you know, June, July, we saw the lows in the uranium sector. And I guarantee you the people that understand the most about this market and the people that understand the fuel cycle through and through, and that's these guys, that's Art and Adam from Segra, Mike and Tim from Sachem. Um, they know more than pretty much anybody. They know more than some of the, the the employees of the actual nuclear utilities. You know, I've actually had a fuel buyer tell me they had to explain the fuel cycle to their manager. So the investing side largely has been far more correct than the actual analysts that the utilities pay money to for forecasting of, of, of the prices in the sector. These guys have been right. And I think they're going to be right going forward. I think I'm going to be right going forward. And I, I'm very much looking forward to what's coming for this. Yes, we are definitely in a, 
in some crosswinds coming from volatile markets here. Like there's no doubt about that. That's in the short term, in my opinion. Um, where's this market going in the next few years? That's much easier to tell you. And I'm telling you, it's going much, much higher. And my confidence in that has everything to do with my understanding of the fuel cycle. So rant over, please tune in to the Macro Voices uh, podcast that is coming uh, tomorrow evening. And I'm going to link not to that episode because it's not out yet, but to the show. I'll link to that in the description below. And I, I highly recommend that you subscribe to that. Listen to it every week because it's good stuff. They have very high quality guests on this podcast. Um, and then they get really deep into the macro stuff, which of course matters. All right. I'm going to leave that there for you guys. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate all of you. Thank you for watching. I will see you again tomorrow. Cheers.